Drums, please! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for our SummerSlam recap. You'll never see it coming. My voice is back and my title is back. Just like my boy Le Champion. He's a nine-time Intercontinental Champion. I am a nine-time BulletCast Champion. The title's back where it belongs. It's back with Daddy. Huey, you had a great run, kid. But all in all, the title belongs with the rightful champ. But you know I never do these alone. He's my tag team partner, the Jim and my J, the Tully Mar, and the Stevie Ray to my Booker T. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the host of the award-winning Under the Radar, host and creator of Curveballs and Chair Shots, and he's the first ever and eight-time Bullet Cats champion, the Canadian Destroyer, BT, Brandon Tanguma. Brandon, SummerSlam happened. My voice is back. The big dog's back. My championship's back. All's right in the world somewhat. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that I'm at least the first ever Bullet Cast champ because at least I got that kind of history down with my legacy because it feels as though I've been on a drought recently. I thought I had it. I think I might have been like one away. If I had the main event right in NXT, I would have been the champion, but unfortunately that did not take place. And then once again, I am the Sasha Banks of this podcast as what happened with Sasha today. She is not champion, just like how I am not champion today. It's okay, Matt. It, it, we're going we're gonna to get into that. You know, we are. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, we we, we are going to talk a, a lot a lot of SummerSlam because this is a SummerSlam recap. Uh, I, th I think we're gonna we're gonna go backwards, guys. We're gonna go backwards. That's how I like to do things. Brandon, tell us what was the main event of SummerSlam. Well, the main event of SummerSlam. Honestly, I'll be honest. Had a few drinks today, so when I saw the Randy Orton, uh, was a Drew McIntyre match. I thought that was the main event, but then I kind of forgot this match still had to take place. Just kind of shows about the build and how excited I was for this match. Don't really watch SmackDown all that much, I will be honest. But the main event, yes, the seventh and final match of the show was Braun Strowman defending his universal title against the Fiend Bray Wyatt. This was a Falls Count Anywhere match. I will be honest, did not even realize that this was a Falls Count Anywhere match. In the end, the Fiend captures the universal title do not have an official timestamp on it but it did co go quite a bit we get them uh fighting into the backstage gorilla position they make their way back into the ring we get braun Strowman doing his best Tommaso champa impersonation by taking some some cutters or a knife or whatever cutting the uh, foam that is the protective barricade for the wood pallets underneath the ring we get a few Sister Abigail's onto that wood, and Braun Strowman loses pretty clean. We don't get any fiend-like shenanigans, no Alexa Bliss, no real outside shenanigans during the match, but we do get some stuff after the match as we get the, the big dog returning once again. It's been such a long time. He was supposed to be main eventing WrestleMania, but he is back for SummerSlam. What does he do? Is he challenging Bray Wyatt for the championship? Is he going to go up against Braun Strowman? Because he basically just attacked everybody. Philip, hey. your reaction to just everything that happened in this main event. Okay, well, the main event, I I was like, uh, I, I don't really care. You know, I've been very vocal that I, I haven't really been a fan of Strowman over the last couple years because he never really got the job done when it was his time to shine. Um, But but look, the main event, I'll, I'll, I'll give a grade right now. I'll give it... Give it a C. Give it a C. It was, it was, eh, it was there. You know, there were no fiend-like activities or whatever. Uh, the the cutting of the ring took way too long. 
he almost looked like Mandy Rose trying to set up a table. Yeah, yeah, that, it, it took way too long. Just a couple swipes, my guy, and just pull. I mean, you you were a strong man. Just pull a nice chunk of it up. You know, they're gonna tear it down anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, so the Fiend is your new Universal Champion. He's held all three incarnations of the Universal Championship, I might add. Congratulations to him. But yes, the big dog, Roman Reigns, is back, baby. Hey, I, my mom was watching with me. She's a Roman mark. She popped for it. I popped for it. You know, I didn't think we were going to see Roman Reigns back until we actually had fans in attendance, which God knows when that's going to be. I was shocked. I really was. You know, I was like, oh, my God, he's back to reclaim his yard. It's like his shirt said, wreck everyone and leave. And that's exactly what he did. Holding up the big blue strap for the big blue brand. The big, he's not a big blue dog, but he's a big dog. He's back to reclaim his yard, baby. That's what it is. I like that. Now, if I could be cynical for a little bit, I could say that Vince McMahon is trying to pull out all the tricks in the book by stealing Stone Cold's moniker, Arrive, Raise, Hell, Leave, which I actually do have a tank top of that saying in my closet as we speak. So maybe Vince trying to make Roman look like Stone Cold with his new catchphrase. But I'm not going to just completely shit on Roman Reigns as I normally do when Roman Reigns is on my television. As I talked about on the preview for SummerSlam, I just didn't know how to feel about The Fiend and Bray Wyatt. Are they both heels? Is Braun Strowman still a babyface, but yet he has this new look and he was beating up Alexa Bliss? I think the you know, the messiness of the build to this match in the main event kind of also hurt Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns comes out. He I mean, he kind of looked like a badass. I mean, he kind of he kind of carried himself. I think the best I've seen him look like swagger-wise since the Shield. But yet he's out here beating up on Braun Strowman, beating up on The Fiend, which for all the things we talk about with The Fiend, he's supposed to be a heel, but people kind of like him. We got the Braun Strowman, who who the hell knows what he's supposed to be. And then we get Roman Reigns coming out just beating everyone's ass. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it was utter trash, but I'm just going to sit here and wait to see what happens with Braun Strowman. Well, we got some with Roman Reigns, whatever the hell his name is. We got some, we got some fan mail here. Uh, who Not not Hootie Who, Jesus. And Brad is the ex. Overall, we got Mr. X. We got Mr. X on the uh, on the podcast. Mr. X on the recap. He's gonna have to hop on this one day with us. I'd love that. Maybe for episode two hundred, bud, you can come on the show. Uh, he he says overall it was okay. Suffered from the formula of good matches and bad finishes. Not expecting Roman to return. If they have Roman wrecking fools like this, uh, this is a Roman I can get behind. Yes, absolutely. I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Hootie who four twenty. Hootie who. He says, ladies and gents, big dog. That is all. Hey, dude, I'm, I'm happy. You know, it, it, it added something. I thought, oh, we're going to end on this. I was like, okay, okay. This 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 is nice. This is nice. It's all right. Um, I was waiting for the Otis Cashin because we had the stereotypical, you know, beat down the champion and then the Money in the Bank winner comes out and cashes in. We didn't see that. So I don't know. I mean, Otis being the Money in the Bank winner to begin with is kind of awkward and I don't know where they're going to go with this. And this probably wasn't the right fit just because Roman returning is a big enough deal into himself. You don't need to have the comedy act of Otis to return or to cash in. But who knows what's going to happen with that, man? Dude, honestly, he needs to lose the briefcase to somebody. Like, lose it to Corbin or something. You're going to give him the the Kennedy treatment? Yeah. He doesn't need it. He literally... Let's be honest. He shouldn't have been money in the bank briefcase holder to begin with just because he got a little bit over and he's a funny gimmick. The Money in the Bank winner shouldn't be a low-level comedy act, which, I mean, he, he was getting pushed early on with Mandy, but now it's 
like Mandy is just kind of by herself at this point. She's not really doing anything with Otis. She is doing her own thing with Sony, which we will talk about in a little bit. I mean, he, basically, it's like Eugene winning the, the 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 briefcase. You're like, what? Really? This guy? You know? It it just it, it makes no sense at all whatsoever. Uh, before we get to the rest of the show, Brandon, what did you think about the Thunderdome? Well, I saw that I tuned into SmackDown the first few minutes just to watch the Thunderdome. As I say, I don't really watch SmackDown all that much. I'm honestly not the biggest fan of it. I know it's kind of got some positive receptions from people. I'm not saying it's completely similar to what the NBA is doing, but the NBA has the, you know, webcammed in fans that were seen from WWE. And I just feel like it kind of takes away from it just because it is kind of awkward. And I kind of, I mean, there's people that are going to be out there trying to get themselves over. I mean, hell, we saw Pikachu out in the crowd. We saw somebody wearing some sort of Halloween type mask. There was like, looked like some dude was laying in his bed, chilling there, behind the commentator. There was table. a uh, Randy sucks egg sign. There was a fire velveteen dream sign on SmackDown. Hornswoggle was actually on there. He made the cut. That was that was interesting to see Dylan on there. Uh, but yeah, man, it, the fun. It's it's it, it's different, you know. And that's what they needed. They needed to be different. It's so. weird because technically they have more people in attendance, but just overall it just doesn't feel that loud compared to the performance center with the you know two three dozen wrestlers that are there making noise, whether it be you know piped in or scripted noise whatsoever. But. I'm not the biggest fan of the Thunder. I mean, aesthetically, it looks cool, but I just don't kind of like the webcammed in fans, and especially because it takes up such a big part of the screen that it is kind of distracting. I, I I I didn't find it really distracting, you know. I, I will say, pipe in some crowd noise, so we feel like all of those people are actually making noise, you know. Or hell, they could be like AEW and get actual fans back in attendance at an open air venue. Yes. Now, I, I, I said I, I don't like that. I feel it's way too soon to be having actual fans in attendance. But I thought you could pipe in some crowd noise. I know when we had the greatest match ever with Roman uh, Randy Orton and Edge, I thought it was a little bit too much. But I felt like because you have so many fans in attendance, you could, you know, pipe in a little bit more. It did. I mean, I felt as though it was a lot quieter than what the performance center was. And the noise that they brought with the actual people in the arena. No, yes, absolutely, dude. You're you're 100 right on that one. Uh, as we as we move along, what what was uh, before Fiend and uh, and LeBron Strowman? Oh wait, well, wait hold, hold, hold I on. didn't I'm actually sorry. give a grade. I like to give a grade oh, okay, for mine because you know I know everyone's waiting for it. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I know. I think you said a C. Am I correct? Yes, absolutely. I'll go a C minus. I didn't have very high expectations for this match. It was just kind of walk and brawl, do your own thing. The finish was kind of anticlimactic. I don't know if they did pull out like Fiend gimmickry and Alexa Bliss and all that other bullshit. It would have been, you know, any better, but it it just wasn't. I was a big fan of it. it be, I mean, I guess because Roman was the big old finale that that's why it was in the main event. I just felt like the semifinal, the penultimate match could have been a much better finish. Absolutely. We do have another fan mail. It's from Alfie Lewis. Brandon, he's coming for you yet again. He's come. He he's the guy that keeps correcting me and coming from my neck. I mean, he, he wrote into under the radar, and you you, you didn't see it. I'm sorry. Well, that's back when <laughs> under the radar was a thing. Remember hey, that? Those are those are good times. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says uh, last night Brandon said on the NXT Takeover XXX recap, uh, "You're not supposed to feel good after a heel wins a championship." But didn't he mark out when Seth won the title at Mania? Wow. 
Brandon? I mean, that's history in the making right oh, there. Oh, and, so and, it's and different. besides, technically, a Money in the Bank cash-in, like, how is the fa- how are the fans supposed to react anyways in attendance? Like, it's a live, you're seeing history, especially at WrestleMania. You're seeing somebody win something for the very first time in that fashion. How am I supposed to feel? Am I supposed to be like, oh... And besides, that was we're just gonna forget that the whole controversy with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and everything that went on behind that. I mean, I'm just saying that was a pretty good match before the cash in. We can't lie. I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think I put it on this on my favorite matches of all time. But I think when we did the original one, I think it did make my top ten. Yes, yes, yes. So if you're witnessing history, ladies and gentlemen, it's okay to react joyfully. But on a regular scenario, when a heel wins a championship, you're supposed to boo. Just so we're clear. Exactly. You know, hypocrisy at its finest. Absolutely. All right. What was before The Fiend and LeBron Strowman? Well, the penultimate match was the WWE Championship match. We saw Drew McIntyre defend and successfully retain his WWE title. He doesn't win spectacularly. He doesn't beat Randy Orton clean as a whistle in the middle of the ring. He wins via a backslide. It was a... Straightforward, you know, well-worked, well-wrestled match. And as I said, I kind of feel if Roman wasn't a part of the actual main event, that this should have been the main event. Because I do think that they worked very hard. I think they had a really good match. I would maybe, if I want to give a grade to it, I think I would give it like a B. I mean, I I think it's kind of hard for me to really make Randy. I mean, in terms of Randy Orton on the scale, that's kind of like an A for me. You know how hard I am on Randy Orton, even though I've been very nice to him recently. I think this match was well-worked. It wasn't spectacular by any means. It was a run-of-the-mill WWE main event wrestled match, and I think they did a good job. And with payback next week, I know we're going to get Raw the day next uh, tomorrow, but we're gonna, there's probably going to be some sort of angle or some reasoning to either have maybe not a rematch next week, but they're going to probably continue on with this feud because there wasn't a clean finish to this match. Absolutely. Do you have the time for this? I do not, but if you you know if you ramble for a little bit, I can do my research and I can find it. Absolutely. Well, all right. So uh, I think I'll give it a B as well. It's very well worked, and the backslide pin. I was like, oh, 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 he 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 got him. It was to protect Randy, and you know, uh, Randy didn't beat Drew. I picked Drew, but in my heart, you know, I wanted Randy to win, guys. You know, I wanted him to win. This sh- I'm, my final grade for this show is not going to be high because Randy Orton didn't win. You know, um, yeah. So I. The time I am looking at here is 20 minutes, 35 seconds. So, you know, around 20 minutes. It didn't really feel like that. Okay. Okay. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you enjoy matches, they don't feel long. But then if you give me that Dakota Kai, Io Shirai stuff from last night, they feel like an eternity. I'm just saying. Which Uh, that match, I think it went around 18 minutes. So on, on average, it's pretty much the same length of match. Absolutely. And I think the loudest I heard the Thunderdome tonight was when Drew was... Uh, state doing his pose on top of the uh, the uh, the turnbuckle holding the WWE title, kind of just trying to give us the scene that we were supposed to get at WrestleMania when we were supposed to have fans there. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, WWE 24 for this year's WrestleMania, it's fantastic. I was watching it before we started recording. I'm going to finish it after we're done with this. Uh, check it out. They uh, they go in-depth about the Firefly Funhouse, which we're going to talk about that on the Bullet Cast because I'm really interested in, in to see you know how they were putting that together. Um, but all in all, it was a well-worked match. I'll give it a B. I'll, I'll give it a B, you know. Randy didn't really, I mean, where does he go from here? We're, we're going to talk about that. Maybe he gets a rematch next week at Payback and gets the job done there. We don't know. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a B. I'll give it a B. I thought they did solid work. Absolutely. 
Then we got the fifth match on the show. We got Sasha Banks taking on Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship match. Now, I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to just go women's match per women's match because obviously both these matches kind of tied into each other, Philip. Um, yeah, we can do that. What was the time on this? So the first match, the second match was a 12-minute match. And let's see if I can pull up the opening match. The opening match was Bailey going up against uh, Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Title match. So both of them went about 12 minutes. So Asuka put it in about a half hour's work of wrestling on the show. Asuka, as I predicted correctly, she only walks out with one title. But I incorrectly, of course, picked which championship she would walk out with. Asuka is your new Raw Women's Champion. Yes, she. Hey, man, that's some bullshit. I'm she just... does not beat Bailey in the opener, but she does beat Sasha in the second match, which was, of course, the opposite of what I said. It would make sense. You know, Asuka is healthy and ready to face off against Bailey in the first match. Well, she wins. But no, she beats the person who's second after she gets beat up and everything like that. Philip, I know you're a big Sasha Banks person. Let me know what's going on. Bruh? I... Why? Why? This is another reason why this show's not going to get a great grade from me. Look, stop this bullshit of, oh, she can never defend it successfully. Stop it. Stop it. Bailey doesn't need her championship anymore. It's getting kind of stale. I'm not going to lie here. She doesn't need it anymore. Sasha could have kept her title. We didn't need this. It pisses me off. It really does. To have somebody as talented as Sasha Banks on your roster, you keep giving her championships, and then she just loses them immediately. They don't mean anything. I mean, they do, but they don't. You know, like, why? Yeah, I mean, both of these matches, as I said, were similar in length. I thought they were similar in terms of quality. I think I'm going to give them both a C plus with both with all three of these women. I think they definitely could have a much better match. But they just didn't really reach their expectations. Obviously, with Asuka having to wrestle two matches in a night, they're not going to just go balls to the wall and have a fantastic match. I think they both did well. There was definitely a story that was being told. But I just, as I said in the predictions, I felt as though it's a much more logical story to have Asuka kind of beat the first champion and then lose a second championship. If you are going to do that, you know, she only wins one of the two. But obviously, as I said, they just completely got it ass backwards from what I thought they were going to do. They... Lose, they make Asuka lose or have Sasha lose, which is, as Philip would say, that's just bullshit. And that's what they always do. I don't know. You know, they kind of walked back on that gimmick. They haven't done it in a while. They're going to have, I think, a title match next week on Payback. Who knows if they're going to lose that. So then Sasha isn't going to have any titles after the month of August. Actually, you know what? You know what? They've successfully retained their women's tag titles, right? Against Shotzi and uh, Tegan, right? Yeah, yeah, that happened I believe NXT. that was Keegan Strassi was the matchup. Yes, yes, yes. So, with her successfully retaining tag team gold, you're basically saying, oh, she needs help to retain championships. Then she loses really all credibility of being the boss, the blueprint, the standard. As much as I love Becky and, you know, give me that Becky and all that other stuff that I say on the podcast, I do feel as though Sasha Banks is the most talented out of the four horsewomen. And she... You know, I know she's undersized, and you can definitely build her up as a baby face or a heel, whichever which way you feel suit. 
I, I I do think that she is just so undervalued and underutilized in WWE. Now, with the storyline, we keep saying, you no, know, eventually they're going to do a breakup. They're going to do some sort of story. We're only in the month of August with SummerSlam. Are they going to stretch this out until WrestleMania? Who exactly knows? I mean, I think we're going to have to stay tuned until Payback because they did the whole, you know, someone wins, someone loses. They're still tag team champions, so they're technically still a team. And if they lose it, what's going to happen? I, I'm... I'm I'm not saying I'm like excited to see what happens, but we kind of know what's going to happen. We're feeling out that it's going to be Sasha and Bailey somewhere down the line. I think at this point it's better to have Sasha as a babyface and Bailey as the heel because we've seen that dynamic the opposite before. But Sasha, as you said, she just never really gets that opportunity to have that championship run that I think she deserves, like she had in NXT. You know, speak. You know what? Maybe that's what she has to do. You know what, Sasha, baby girl, if you can if you can hear me, you know, listen to your California boy. Go back home. Go go back to where you were dominant. Let Papa Trips welcome you back up with open arms. Go back down there. Beat Io Shirai. Get the run you deserve. Let's do that. If Charlotte can go back down there and become the champion, you can too. You can too. Jesus. Are you okay now? Can we move on to the next match? Uh, yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about Bailey's match because we've talked about it here. Um, Bailey, Oscar, C. Uh, was it Sasha, Oscar, C minus? I gave them both a C, some C minus, something like that. But then we go on to Seth Rollins taking on Dominic Mysterio in a street fight. We get a look backstage in gorilla position where we get the whole Mysterio family. We see Dominic Mysterio, Rey Mysterio, and Rey, uh, Dominic Mysterio's mother. Angie, uh, yes. Angie Mysterio. So she was actually not a focal point, but she did get some TV time during SummerSlam. We get Seth Rollins taking on Dominic in that street fight. And in the end, Rollins gets the win in about 24 minutes. A very long match for yeah, Dominic's technical first match ever. This went too long. You could have shaved 10 minutes off of it. You really could have. I get the whole being methodical. I kind of wanted him to get closer to uh, Angie. I wanted to like, oh, what's what's Seth going to do? Um, I did I did pop for the ring gear of Seth, and we did get a uh, a fan mail about that. Let me go to the email real quick. Dun, da, da, da. Uh, Jack of all trades says, seeing Seth's uh, gear tonight brought me back to 1997. Such a good time and a very clever uh, move by the Messiah. Yes, uh, Halloween Havoc 1997, Guerrero versus Mysterio for the uh, Cruiserweight title, one of the best matches you'll ever see. I did pop for the ring gear, very nice by, by Seth. Uh, like I said, you could have shaved 10 minutes off of this, this would have been fine. Uh, Dominic, you know, doing the frog splash, you know, paying homage to Eddie, his uncle, dad, whatever. Uh, doing the 619, Ray gets uh, handcuffed, Buddy Murphy's taking bumps. Uh, yeah, it, all in all, I Give it a B. Give it a B minus. You could have taken a lot of time off of this. Really could have. I agree with you. At 24 minutes, I think it is too long. But that being said, I do feel Dominic actually put in a good performance. I think we, as I kind of compared the Dominic and Pat McAfee match, that both of these guys are kind of their first time ever. We don't really know what we're going to get out of it. I think actually this match was better than the Pat McAfee Adam Cole match just because it was kind of a more straightforward wrestling match. I think Dominic pulled out kind of the greatest hits of their Mysterio lineage and, you know, doing the frog splash and doing some luchador moves, as you said. I, I mean, 
I'm going to give it like a B, B plus. I'm going to be a little, I'm going to kind of grade on the curve as I did with the Pat McAfee match. I'm not going to be as harsh on it. I do think 24 minutes definitely is too long of a match, especially with someone who's never wrestled before. And at this high of a level and this high of a stage, it is kind of ambitious to go that long. I think they did tell a good story at the end, you know, Seth going to tease something with uh, Mrs. Mysterio, but then, you know, you do stuff with Dominic and Ray. I mean, I think it was a little bit put on when Dominic, when uh, Ray and Mrs. Mysterio were kind of talking and, you know, she comes out and they do stuff. But then in the background for like 30, 45 seconds, Dominic is just getting his ass beaten. Why wouldn't, you know, Mrs. Mysterio tell Ray, hey, look what's going on. You know, go stop him. Do something about it. I I think that was kind of put on. But overall, I think it was a good match. As you said, went too long. But I think still overall, I was impressed with what Dominic did. Absolutely. Now where does Seth go from here? He goes to face Drew once again. Let's run it back at payback. Let Seth get payback on Drew McIntyre for the loss at Money in the Bank. Could we get Seth Rollins as WWE champion? I'm not I think we could possibly get Seth as WWE champion later on down the line. But with payback being just next week, I think that is too quick of a turnaround. I don't even know if we're gonna get a WWE championship match because I mean getting Randy and Drew in another match. You could do it, but I just don't know what the story is to tell. You can say, oh, you know, you didn't beat me with your move. I didn't, you only beat me with a backslide. That wasn't the way you should beat me because you're, you know, trying to hide from me or whatever. But I think with Drew and with Rand or with Seth, you can tell a, not like a fantastic story by any means because I think the Seth uh, character kind of has run its course quite a bit. Maybe if you put a little bit, of a tweak on, I think it could be something good. So I think maybe uh, Survivor Series, whatever TLC, the December pay per view, or maybe even Royal Rumble is what we're looking at right now. No, no, no. The the Messiah character never runs his course. What do I say when I end these shows, Brandon? Diamonds are forever. I know I say microphone Messiah, but that means Messiahs in general. Me, Seth, Timothy Thatcher's the British Messiah. Roddy Strong is the uh, Messiah of the Backbreaker. We all live forever, man. And Jesus. Absolutely, the the number one messiah. We'll, we'll, we'll get you into the family, Brandon. We'll think of something for you. I yes. appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, what, what else happened? Well, working backwards, as we are, we get I, the best match of the show by far, obviously. We get Sony Deville taking on Mandy Rose. We thought it was going to be a hair versus hair match. I don't know what happened with that stipulation if someone kind of backed out or they just had a last-minute decision to change that stip. But instead of hair versus hair, it was a no-DQ, loser leaves WWE. The match goes 10 minutes. Felt a lot longer Are than that. Are you serious? That's what it says on my website here. That shit felt like minutes. 30. Oh, I, my God. I know. As I said... Earlier with the main event, Mandy Rose had felt like a 10-minute wrestling match with a table, trying to set up the table, which... Did that table even get used at the end of the day? No, it didn't. Maybe the match would have been more exciting if there was a table bump. Look, I'm going to say my piece right here. Nobody got hurt. That's all we can ask for. Sony Deville is gone. I give this a D-. minus. Brandon, give us your take. Yes, this match was uh, kind of rough to see. I mean, the Mandy Rose... Th- the match itself, I mean... It felt they just used the same two or three moves the entire match. They kept using those V-trigger running knees. They, It just was rough. I was complimentary about this match in terms of the build because 
this match has been built up for a very long time. And I was like, okay, you know, they, they, I thought they peaked it a few months ago, but they kind of added a little bit extra pizzazz and they've done some good work. I mean, I think Mandy, the promo sheet, the solo promo she cut, I think was it last week or two weeks ago. I thought that was really good, but just the match when it gets down to business, when they're supposed to have a, an in-ring contest to finish off this feud, it was, it was not good. I mean, 10 minutes, thank God they didn't try to be even more ambitious by going 24 like what Dominic and Seth did. But this was not good. I'll, I'll give it a D plus. Yeah, it, eh, eh, I, I don't want to talk about it ever again. Um, All right, Brandon, overall grade for SummerSlam 2020. You'll never see. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? We're forgetting another match, Feld. Come what are we on. For, what are How we can you forget the Street Profits, Montez Ford oh, and Angelo Dawkins? Any, mini, miny, mo. I love Andre those boys. And Angela Garza con Zelina Vega for the Raw Tag Team titles. We get the Street Profits winning in about eight minutes. We could have just saw this match on Raw. Yes, we could have. Uh, I'll give it a C plus. It was very, very average. It was Raw average. Brandon, what's your grade for it? I'll give it a C plus too. It okay. was average. Okay. I there see you go. We're done. I see you, pimp. I see you, pimp. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Brandon. Overall grade for SummerSlam 2020. You'll never see it coming. Overall grade, I mean, just kind of looking at all the matches, none of the matches really stood out in terms of like, okay, this was really good. They didn't have a Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, just technical classic or, you know, a, a good regular wrestling match. I think probably the best match I would say would be the Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton match. I think overall, I would say a C plus. I don't know if that kind of equals out to what my average grade was per match, but I just think overall everything was like fine for what it was, but nothing really with SummerSlam. It's kind of, you know, it's the biggest party of the summer as they say, and just nothing really climaxed or really just felt that big. I don't know if it's the Thunderdome. I know we've been here for like four or five months with the crowdless atmosphere, but it just didn't feel as good and as big and whatever as it should be for a SummerSlam. It, yes, yes, it didn't. It really didn't. Um, this was Renee Young's final WWE show. Goodbye, Renee. We love you. Seriously, Renee Young, thank you for about, what, seven years worth of work in WWE. Your unfiltered show on the network. I mean, talking smack. It's a shame. They brought it back when she's going to leave. Those bastards. Those bastards. But Kayla Braxton, she's doing a nice job. Shout out, baby girl. Uh, seriously, thank you, Renee Young. The kickoff show was decent. Got to see Booker T. Got to see my boy, Peter Rosenberg. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us in our recap of SummerSlam 2020. You'll never see it coming. It's the biggest party of the summer. Uh, we introed with it summertime by the Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. We're going to exit with it. Enjoy these 90s summertime music vibes. Stay clean, stay strong, stay safe. Diamonds are forever. And so is the microphone messiah. Here it is, a groove slightly transformed. Just a bit of a break from the norm. Just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control. It's cool to dance. But what this has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.